Hi there, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Words, Images, and Worlds. I am so pleased to be joined by Andy Watson, who is in a completely different time zone at the moment. <laughs> uh, we had to be pretty meticulous in our arithmetic to make sure that neither one of us were connecting in the middle of the night. And so this is uh, the second episode, and we're talking about comics and literacy and all things related to arts and engagement. So, Andy, thank you so much for being here with us. It's morning here. I, I'm not sure. Are you in the late afternoon where you are? We're just coming up to just after 2.30 in the afternoon, so on after Sunday lunch. So I'll try and stay awake after that. <laughs> this this is prime nap time. I, I'm in morning <laughs> hours and have just gone through, I think, my second or maybe it's my third cup of coffee. Um, so you're, you're an artist, you're a writer. I think one of the first books that I encountered of yours was Princess Decomposia, um, and Count Spatula. Uh, <laughs> so just, just curious to start out with why comics, what drew you to comics initially? Um, it's a good question. It's sometimes I find myself in the dark nights of the soul wondering why comics, why did I do this to myself? But, um, comics really, um, Kind of chose me just because my I like to tell stories and I like to draw and uh, liking to draw is kind of vital to the medium really if you're going to be on the artist side of things because there's just an awful lot of drawing obviously um, but also some other things that kind of fed into that like um, and kind of wired and quite I think I've got an obsessive part to my personality and comics is requires kind of an obsessive focus almost a, a compulsive um need to draw really um just the amount of work you have to do so the comics is good in that it it kind of channels that part of my personality otherwise who knows what i'd be into you know i don't know playing poker or something i don't know, I, you know there is that part of me that needs this uh, this thing to focus on and this is a good outlet for me so it's um it's a uh, cheap or expensive therapy i'm not sure uh whichever way that works but um but yeah so that feeds into it and also i think originally when i first started it was the kind of low barrier to entry and that you just pick up a piece of paper and you draw and you you're a cartoonist you've made a comic and there are upsides and downsides to that i think um just how easy it is to get into comics i think yeah it's great anyone can do it but then uh, well not to go into the weeds on the aspects of the industry that i find uh problematic but yeah i mean once you're in there it's um it's easy to get in there uh, the, the staying there is a difficult bit, but this is a different kind of aspect to the to the career. But yeah, those are the different aspects that went into the reason why I do comics. And I think finally, it's really, really hard. If it was easy, I'd probably have got bored and done something else by now. But I'm still trying to do my best work. And um, it's always a struggle. It's always a challenge. If it was easy, I'd have quit and done something else because that's just the way my, bra my brain works or something. But it's too easy. Um, comics is just the right goldilocks not too hard well it is incredibly hard but not impossible and then it's not too easy so that in between so yeah once i apply my kind of tunnel vision to finishing a book then yeah i can put all my energies into it and so yeah those are the different aspects that work for me i'm sure everyone's different and have a different approach but yeah it's kind of like just the parts of my personality and the way they work and also the skills i have and the skills that i've developed as well yeah, yeah, I I love that you said that there's an obsessive quality to it because 
um, a friend of mine and I do. Actually, it's another podcast, and it's called The Comic Obsessive because we're both, I mean, we've both been reading comics since we were kids, and there's definitely, it's a positive obsession, right? It's not like pyromania. There's a positiveness <laughs> to it. Um, if you're going to be obsessed with something, comics is a pretty safe venue, I think, I hope. Um, yeah, yes, and- you're, um, you're not harming anyone, hopefully, <laughs> right, <laughs> when I sit yeah. in my room <laughs> alone. Yeah, sharing stories tends to empower rather than harm, or at least entertain. Yeah. So I think that, that the weird thing about comics is you are... Oh, the way I work anyway, I am alone in, in my little studio and I work on my own. And then I, the, the whole motivation to do it is to communicate kind of what's going on in my head to, to people through words and pictures. And um, that's one of the wonders of the medium, really. I mean, I do love the medium uh, aspects of the industry are a different matter, but yeah, as a medium just taken on its own. Uh, it's just fantastic as to, you can be a sole author, you can be an individual. It's like, um, you know, one of the free, few remaining areas of media where it's not mediated. Uh, there are fewer um, gatekeepers. Like I say, you can pick a piece of paper and be a cartoonist. So uh, that, in a way that a novelist can, you know, type out a, a novel a manuscript. So those are the good things about it. Yeah. yeah and you have, um, I was going to mention your very layered style as well thinking about like Carrie and the night of the forest and uh always interested to see the compositions that you put together because I imagine they take a good amount of time um just given the details of uh what you do with characters and backgrounds and things like that yes uh time is the is the real yeah is the real big thing about comics just the amount of time it takes but um but as far as the layered style the style is always born of the story so the story comes first and then it has to mesh uh with a with the right art style um so yeah there's these two there's like these two parts of the brain for a cartoonist there's the writing part and the drawing part the artist part and so like um creating any graphic novel i may have the story i may have characters i may have dialogue i may have situations but if i don't have the right art style for that story then it's not going to work i can't commit to it so yeah for carrie it had to be kind of um cartoony style but also dark and textured so i did use kind of um what I did for the texture, literally for the textured layers, was um, get a, it was old school, it was get a sponge and a ink pad and just create a texture and the, as a background and then layer it on digitally. So it was this uh, combination, the unity of working, um, um, yeah, as in natural media, however you want to phrase it, you know, pens, pencils, inks, and then um, manipulating it and joining it together uh, digitally uh, via Photoshop. So yeah, there's there was a lot of textural bits in in um, in Kerry which were quite time. You needed that to capture the feeling of uh, a forest, a dappled light and the shadows and, you know, the feeling of uh, kind of leaf moss underfoot, all that kind of stuff. So that was absolutely the right approach for the Kerry book. Um, for something like uh, the book tour, I needed a much more different approach, not just stylistically, but also how I put the panels together. Um, the book tour, it's for grow, it's for older readers and the way that story worked, it was about the rhythm of the dialogue. So the script was very important going into that. So then um, passing out the script into 
uh, separate panels and having uh, quiet panels or silent panels where characters don't speak. Just kind of the rhythm of that dictated that the pages were much more dense. So it'd be 12, 16 panels per page over three tiers. So yeah, it's, these different approaches are always uh, the way I approach story. So story first and then everything kind of coalesces around that. And if it doesn't quite coalesce, um, then, yeah, I don't have a graphic novel. Uh, with the book tour, the uh, inspiration was a book of um, photographs by Ajay, a French photographer from the turn of the last century. And um, he took black and white uh, still photos with kind of the old school uh, camera on a, on a tripod with the glass plates and stuff. And he captured uh, Paris before a lot of it was demolished and rebuilt and uh, the streets are empty it's kind of got a really surreal atmosphere and I got that book at San Diego Comic Con I think it was must have been 20 years ago and big thick book 700 pages and I thought there is a story in this like, these are the visuals to the story but I didn't have the the characters or the situations or the dialogue so 20 years later, I finally came to me, the book tour, a character who's a writer who goes on tour and no one comes to get their book signed, which was also inspired by some of my personal experiences. And, mm -hmm. you know, every author has experienced something like that. It's not like very few people and then, you know, maybe not. Um, but yeah, and, and melding those together. So, yeah, sometimes it takes a long time for a story to coalesce. And um, yeah, being patient is uh, is because um, it really paid off with book talks. It was such uh, a pleasure to work on. And it's been a really successful book for me as far as being translated and traveling around the world. But also personally and creatively, it was a real step forward, I feel. And um, and yeah, for that I strip back the style a lot. It's pen and ink. It's black and white. It's got an itchy kind of nervous line to it, a line quality, which I captured by um, drawing with a pen, a fiber tip pen on watercolor paper, which watercolor paper has a tooth to it. So it breaks the line. And that was totally appropriate for that story. So, yeah, I'm, like I say, just like choosing different styles and different approaches to fit the right story. And it definitely it creates a certain tone. I love hearing the the creative detailed decisions that go into even the layouts of the page and um, book tour is just a, it's a fascinating journey. Uh, it's <laughs> been compared to Kafka. Um, yes. So, <laughs> so yeah. really, really beautiful. Book. People do mention Kafka a lot, but the secret, my guilty secret about the book tour was I hadn't read Kafka until after I'd finished the book. My oh, yeah. big influence on the book tour was, um, Evelyn Waugh, um, who kind of uh, 1930s was his real kind of heyday uh, British writer, satirical, um, kind of a horrible person and uh, a reactionary. Uh, but in other ways, just an amazing writer, just someone who just was so good with language and situation and uh, funny characters and really kind of a, quite of a sour worldview as well. Um, but yeah, that was a big influence for me as well. So all these things, yeah, come in, you know, books of photographs of old Paris and then, you know, um, 20th century authors and stuff like that. So yeah, I try and take from as many different places as I can, you know, keep an open mind about, I read relatively few comics because I'm trying to bring things from outside comics in. Um, so yeah, I read a lot of prose and then I try and watch movies and yeah, plays or uh, play scripts and stuff um, and uh, and books. And so yeah, all these different things I try and bring in. Anything you're currently visiting in your reading life? Just to, to throw that question at you, if there's anything that's currently inspiring you. I have never been a big fan of horror. And yet recently I found myself kind of getting into if not horror then strange tales i'm not sure if you've read a uh familiar with an author called robert aikman but um 
he developed his own kind of corner of horror, which is kind of darkly humorous and also sort of surreal, but also with a tinge of horror. But there's a story of his I'd recommend tracking down, which is called The Hospice, which has... I read it after the book tour, but it has that same kind of, it's got a, a dark atmosphere, but also it's kind of funny and awkward and um, yeah, it makes you feel uncomfortable. But yeah, he's this kind of um, the the gray area between um, kind of genre horror and then a literary work is where I'm kind of interested. I'm reading lots of short stories uh, in that kind of area. Um, but that, but, I don't know if that's going to feed into making future work or not. Um, I never know quite where, you know, the lightning strikes, where they, the, the 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 things come together. You never quite know. So that's one of the interesting and exciting things about, yeah, doing this kind of work is you never know what's next, really. Sometimes it's dictated by, um, uh, yeah, industry issues, um, whether someone accepts a pitch or whatever, and then you go forward that way. Um, or maybe you just come up with something like the book tour. I just came up on my own back. I said, I really need to do this book. I think it'd be really good. And spent a year working on it with no hope of a, uh, a publisher or any interest. And then fortunately, I found a publisher in France and they went from there. But, um, but yeah, there's all these you know, there's different ways to get a book published. Sometimes you just do things off your own back and then it pays off. Sometimes you do that and it absolutely doesn't pay off. I've got a couple of books in a drawer that haven't found uh, homes yet. And uh, sometimes you go to a publisher with a pitch and then you develop the story. And uh, that's another another way forward. Oh, yeah, I will have to track that story down. Uh, always reading new things, always. <laughs> and um, so the last kind of title or uh, work that I'll mention and tip off here is Sunburn, which is uh, you're the author on it, but you're collaborating with someone else as the artist. And I think that is that the most recent work that's been out? Yes, that's the most that came out at the end of last year. And yeah, the uh, I worked with an artist, Simon Gain, who someone I've known for a long time. We previously collaborated on a book called uh, Paris. Um, mm -hmm. which originally came out from SLG way back and then was republished in a hardback format by Image uh, last year. Uh, but the, yeah, Sunburn is a different kind of thing for me in that I'm collaborating. Often I'm kind of working alone. I'm the writer, artist, the sole author, whereas this, we're co-authors. And um, something that I have noticed about doing interviews and stuff for Sunburn is how People want to uh, interview the author, uh, the, the writer, but they don't want to talk to the artist as much. I think it's really strange because we are co-authors yeah. and I put things in and then Simon either takes them further or takes new ideas and brings them in, um, kind of items in the background or the way that the character's expressions are drawn. Um, you know, just you bring so much into a story as an artist that um, that you just... I think it's underappreciated. Um, I think it's really strange that, yeah, so much of the story, so much of the book is in the art. And of course, the 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 characters and the the initial idea is there from the from the from the writer. But um, but you work together. It's a it's a joint effort. And uh, that's what I've really loved about working with Simon on Sunburn is this kind of um, developing a story together. And I think Simon is um someone who's much more interested in stories that have kind characters and, and nice people and i'm slightly uh work against that but i still want to do work that um 
kind of appeals to him as well. So it's a really interesting way that we find a middle way together and um, and find a way that we both um, get a lot out of a story together. These different influences that we have, but we also have the shared influence of um, we're both fans of um, Francois Sagan, who wrote um, Bonjour Tristesse and kind of um, author who was quite privileged and had this privileged life and then had quite, a, yeah, an interesting background and, um, but yeah, this was the starting point of the of Sunburn was again a literary starting point that we had in common. And then we kind of went from there. Um, there's a, a world where people are quite well off and you introduce a character to that world. And then um, is it kind of a transactional relationship? Um, but yeah, the story is set in Greece and it's about a girl who goes from England, which is grey and, and damp and uh, rainy like it is here right now. And then goes on holiday with some family friends in, in Greece and kind of finds it's a coming of age story. So again, um, we're looking at Francois Sagan and I was looking at um, Colette as well, who wrote those kind of um, young women coming of age, uh, again, French. Um, yeah, all these things went into it. And then Simon brought all these beautiful drawings. He's been to, I've never been to Greece. So this was how it's a, col a collaboration between us. I'd never been, Simon's very familiar. He's been on holiday many times. So he was able to um, kind of, create a foundation of reality and make it real, which I didn't have. So yeah, I had the starting point and then he really brought it to life. So, um, so yeah, that's how the collaboration works. You both bring different things to it and hopefully you create more than the sum of the parts. Always glad to reach out to Simon as well. Um, to talk with him about the oh no it wasn't a, a it was just an observation it wasn't a criticism <laughs> um, I think it's just a, it's an interesting observation about how people view um, yeah the way that that the collaboration works in this way that maybe someone does lift us more the heavy lifting than the other but really it's an equal well it's less the the writer does less of the the lifting than the artist because it takes so much longer to draw but um but yeah i think um that isn't always reflected but yeah it certainly wasn't a personal um uh, criticism on you oh no no sense. i didn't take it that way that, i thought <laughs> it was a it was an actually a good idea and an inspiration to say hey um now that we've heard from andy um and there's definitely a literary quality to that book there's a character focused uh nature to sunburn and so uh I love that idea of the comic of a coming of age kind of story, because I think sometimes they get pigeonholed into certain types of stories and they're certainly not that way. Certainly not that way. Yeah. The coming of age story is often couched in a superhero story, isn't it? Like Spider-Man is kind of a coming of age story. Um, although a coming of age story suggests that there's, you know, someone comes of age and there is a movement towards a different, um, a, um, a more mature life. Whereas a superhero, you know, the, the um the pressure is to always you know recapitulate to repeat um someone is stuck in a certain point of life and you know they they don't actually ever permanently move on they may get married but then you know it's like james bond he can't ever get married these iconic characters they have to right. stay the same to some extent but yeah yeah peter parker's been coming of age for decades now right? <laughs> <laughs> yes he's he's older than any of us <laughs> but still in high school um yeah <laughs> Um, so as we're sort of rounding out our time together, I know that you have a website. Um, do you want to share links or uh, connections or anything else for readers out there that are thinking about comics and engagement or who want to follow up more with your work? Yeah, um, I've got a website, andywatson.info. So it's Andy with an I. 
and then dot info info and there's various links there to my store and my newsletter that i have that i put out occasionally and um yeah i online i'm on twitter and uh, instagram at, at andy watson again with an i and so yeah i post stuff there about uh, works in progress and i also have a patreon which is patreon.com forward slash handy watson with an eye. This is a becoming a theme, but um, and there I post process stuff behind the scenes and also a one page strip every week, which is an interesting um, challenge for me since I'm used to kind of working longer form to tell a story about some quotidian incident in my life in a single page. So I really enjoy that challenge of just trying to boil something down into, uh, yeah, like 10 panels or something, or even six and having a beginning, middle and end. So that's an amazing challenge for me who, as you have noticed, I tend to go on. <laughs> oh, it's, it is good. It's a good conversation. And um, I'm glad to share this for your Patreon page as well. I interviewed Ben Hackey uh last oh, yeah. summer about this time so oh, if yeah. you'd like the recording to to share there you're more than welcome to it fantastic thank All you right. so much well, yeah thank you andy and i will uh conclude our episode on that so this has been words images and worlds with andy watson hope you check out his work and collaborations out there um and yeah we will see you or hear you next time on another episode uh-huh.